Stage. Welcome to the podcast where we deliver practical insights and tactics to improve customer engagement in every episode. This podcast is brought to you by Destiny Engage, the customer engagement platform for growing businesses. Hello, this is Chris Parker, your host for this episode of Engage, where we're talking to people about how to improve customer experience through customer engagement. And today, we're talking to Hans van Damme, who is the CEO of Conversation Design Institute, uh, which is, I think, the perfect place to get some answers on how can chatbots and, and conversational AI really help with customer engagement and, uh, and how to make that really effective and meaningful. So Hans, welcome to the conversation. Really looking forward to this. Can you share a bit about Conversation Design Institute or CDI and, and yourself and, and what are you guys doing there? Yeah, sure. And uh, thanks for having me, of course. So um, Conversation Design Institute, we're the, pretty, much, pretty much the largest training and certification institute for people working in conversational AI. So people that are create, you know, if you want to build a chatbot, you need technology and you need people that know how to operate that technology that can configure it and, and, you know, have it do something meaningful for an organization. And that's what we focus on. So we teach people a step-by-step -step workflow that helps them create human-centered, inclusive, goal-oriented chatbots that can talk to customers and provide a good experience. And world's largest, like, um, can you can you give a, an indication on on what type of companies and and like how large is the community in the world that are that is that are that are doing things like this? Yeah, so so our we we've got thousands of students from over thirty countries. Um, you know, every large organization, whether you're a government or a telco or a bank, it doesn't really matter if you have a customer service department. You are looking to automate that out. You know, in, in to a certain extent. So all of these enterprises are building conversational AI capabilities, and and we help them figure out, you know, who's going to be working in that department, what are they going to be doing all day, and what's the skill set that they need for that. And I'm inspired. Conversational AI. Can you unpack that for people who are, or maybe like, well, wait, how do those two yeah. words go together? <laughs> Yeah. Why? How? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, as organizations, we're used to having conversations with people, right? Whether it's employees or patients or, or customers. Um, and if we start to use, if we want to automate those conversations, we can use artificial intelligence to power those conversations. That's where conversational AI, they kind of come together there as, as two words. So, you know, you've got natural language understanding, which is a subset of AI and what it does, it, it you know, analyzes language uh, and, you know, tries to understand what the intent of someone is, right? Because language is very complex. There are very many words, very many different words that can mean the same thing or similar phrases can have completely different meaning. Um, so the system needs to understand what people are saying. That's one part of the equation, so understand their intent. And then, you know, a conversation designer needs to craft a dialogue so that the system can talk back to the customer in a way that the customer feels understood because you want to understand what they say, but people also need to feel understood. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the world of conversational AI where you have an artificial brain talk to a human brain. Um, Nice way of two brains connecting to each other, and that and that can come form, come in the form of of chat and voice. So like there's voice assistants like Alexa, 
and also chat that people have ever you know chatted on a, on a chat box or something on a website and it's and it's starting to converse with them is that uh, what are the best examples of of a a a, a chat based conversational AI and a voice based conversational AI that people might connect with and say ah oh, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, so I mean, when you, when you ask Alexa or Google or Siri a question and, and you got an answer, that's conversational AI. It uses AI to understand what you're saying and then gives you an answer back. Or uh, when you call the call center, you get an automated system. A lot of times that, you know, is becoming more conversational AI. Where it used to just be a system of pressing a button, now you can speak freely to it uh, more often. That is also conversational AI. When you go to a service page of a website and you get a little chatbot widgets and they're like, ask me, I'm the, I'm the virtual assistant, ask me a question, that is conversational AI. But also, the uh, you know, it doesn't have to be on your website. It can also be on WhatsApp. There's channels that you own and third-party channels, right? So if you look at that from the chat perspective, you have your own website, but you might also have conversations with people via WhatsApp or, or Facebook Messenger. You can also use conversational AI there. And for voice, it's your own call center, but it could also be a smart speaker like Google Assistant or an Alexa device. Uh, thanks. I, th I think that that sort of puts the scope and the boundaries around what we're talking about. And uh, if we if we grab onto um, maybe not so much banks and governments and things, but somewhere in the mid market that, that, that some of this stuff might sound a bit scary um, mm. or, or out of reach. And, and my belief is, that some of these technologies are becoming more and more, say, say, democratized and achievable. Mm -hmm. um, what are your tips on on if somebody had a company and they had some inbound questions and they wanted to become, I don't know, become more timely and improve the quality and and not hire so many human brains to talk to human brains, but maybe build up a, a machine brain to do this? Yeah. Um, how how would they start that journey? Like like what are your tips to say this is this is how you would step into this uh this area and build this capability for your company yeah well initially it, it does start with scope right where it's like what are your pain points i think that's usually always where it starts whether maybe you're a restaurant chain and and you you know during peak hours people are calling into the restaurant but all your entire staff is actually working the room and, and serving food and doing all those things there's a very clear use case there right so and that's something that can be solved pretty quickly so if you if you would get a system that can just pick up the phone and, and answer you know the most you know the frequently asked questions you're already creating a lot of value so i think every and you know, it differs per company if, if you're delivering packages it's very clear what the question is right or Where's if you sell stuff? a product <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know or if you sell the product and somebody checks in the next day they probably have a question about the product that they ordered the day before so for every organization there, there's you know, just focus on those top five journeys and, you know, whatever your business is, you will know what they are uh, and then understand where these conversations take place. Because for some of them, it's it's via email on the, or, or via the website. For others, it's on the phone or people, you know, on WhatsApp. So then try to understand what the conversations are you're having, where you're having them, and then look at, you know, what's the easiest way to automate them. Um and I think it's good to know that every time you automate something, it feels like a negative or like, sure you're helping people, but it always comes from pain. But actually all of those moments are an opportunity to create a very good customer experience. So I think like 
that's kind of the structure. What are the conversations that I'm having? Where am I having them? And how do I turn them into a positive once I start automating them? And those, those like if we, if we dig into that restaurant example where, you know, in their peak hours, they're getting a lot of inbound questions, you know, you, you know, you know, I don't know, emails, phone calls, whatever. Um, um, how would they start with that? Like, like how would they just intuitively know because somehow they have to write down or, 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 or structure the questions mm. and the answers. Like what's a path for them to, to find, I don't know, the first 10 problems for their customers to solve. Cause there, there, yeah. there must be a lot of different, different things you, you know, you could get into, yeah. that, but where would you start? I mean, at the end of the, like any, everybody working in that restaurant or behind the bar, that's, you know, tasked with picking up the phone will, tell you immediately what those top things are right it's, it's the same that you know if you go to big enterprise the ceo will have or the board will say we got to do all this research to figure out what people want to know or you just walk down to the call center you ask someone because they'll tell you exactly what people want to know and and how they want to know it and how they think about it um so yeah you you want to understand that scope and then the way to do that let, let's say you've you know you've bought a system like you got a license so you can now build something quickly and connect it to your phone channel what you want to do the process is to define intents so somebody an intent might be i want to book a table or i want to know the opening hours or uh i, I want to leave feedback or i don't know like there's probably like five key journeys and you define those intents and then as the system picks up the phone the systems needs to understand you know what the caller's intent is so what you do is, is you create all these different training phrases is what they call it in conversational ai of the different ways that people can express their intent so people might say i would like to make a reservation for tomorrow or do you have a table for tomorrow or i'm looking at uh, i'm looking for a bite to eat tomorrow those are all very different phrases that all mean the same thing so once you've defined those intents you start adding these training phrases so that the system will then gradually get better at, at capturing someone's intent and understanding that question that's kind of like the key thing and then you know once you understand the question you got to write and provide the answer back to them and those intents and those key phrases, um, you need to train and, and improve those over time. So what, you know, at CDI, how do you advise people to, to, I guess, maintain or, or improve or expand those intents over time? Is, is there a smart place to start like a certain narrow scope and then go wide or, or, or yeah. how would someone pick where, you know, where to start that journey? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of depends on, on how close your intents are, right? So if you have very different topics that you're covering in, in your chatbot, then there's not a lot of overlap between the phrases, all right? But if if, it, if the intents are fairly similar, what you're going to discover is that, you know, and, and uh, that's the pain of coming up with examples on the spot. Yeah. But uh, if somebody says, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hungry, like... Okay, does this person want to order? Yeah, does this I'm I'm hungry. Is this person looking to order food or is this person looking for a reservation, mm -hmm. right? So, it becomes pretty ambiguous. And if you have those two intents, then actually finding all those different training phrases becomes, you know, pretty intense task whereas actually, you know, people can order food or 
uh, I don't know, they, they, something completely different. Oh, what, are, what are the opening hours today? And I want to order food. That already feels like you know two different topics. You're not going to have that much over, overlap perhaps in the training phrases. So then it becomes a little easier. So the closer your intents are in, in in topic kind of to each other, the more complex this gets with those training phrases. Initially, what you do is you start out, you know, if you've got logs of your conversations that you have over the phone, you know, if you've got a call center, you will have transcripts. So you can identify the language, you know, discover the language that people are using and use that as training phrases. Like you got to polish them up a little bit and then use that to train the system. What you can also do is, is you know, brainstorm a little bit with a group of people. You know, what are the different ways of, of saying that? If you've got a diverse group of people, you come up with lots of different phrases that people might use. So that's kind of how you start initially to to build that first set and then as the system is live you know somebody will say something it gets picked up and matched to an intent or it doesn't or it gets matched to an intent but turns out it's the wrong one well all of those things will be tracked and then you just sort of start reassigning training phrases to the Mm -hmm. different intents to improve the model it's uh, i'm following it it's also feeling a bit um i guess technical i guess and and and, and looking at the name of your company, Conversation Design Institute, um, typically these conversations would be more than a single question and answer. You mean like it's, and after you get, yeah. figure out the intent, there, there might be another, another three or four rotations or, 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 or sequences before you could actually get. And then there's, and I, yeah. I, my question, my question is, we're talking about conversation design within customer engagement, which of course is within overall say a customer experience design and, and customer experience design should be somewhat branded you, you, you mean it's a this is a personality mm-hmm. this is this, this machine yeah. brain is talking for the company um how do you inject a bit of the of the of the humanity into that or and or maybe some of the brand personality into that over a a conversation more than just an interaction like like i, I think that's the magic yeah. of what you guys do is, is to to make that that conversation meaningful and effective. Yeah. So if we look at the, like the CDI workflow, so that's the step-by-step process that we teach people. The, the first strategy part of it is what are the conversations that we're having? Who are we having them with and who's best to have them on our behalf? And that become the answer to that question becomes your persona. And a lot of times, you know, who are we as a company? What's our identity? What are our values? Uh, and that, persona embodies that right so what you try to do is is develop a fictional character in a way with its own tone of voice with its own background story its own hobbies a lot of you know maybe it's it's the best waiter that you've got in the restaurant that's been there for years that absolutely loves that place he started out as a dishwasher and worked his way up and he's now the host of the restaurant it's a character like that all of a sudden now, when you're calling into that automated system, the designers that create the system, they can just ask themselves, like, how would, uh, let's call him Chris, how would Chris answer this question? And then, you know, Chris's personality and language is is being represented by this virtual agent all of a sudden. So now you go from, so first you train the system to discover the intent and let's say somebody wants to book a table for four people and one of them is vegan and the other one's gluten-free so you got a complex conversation that is multi-turn so there's a little bit of a back and forth now you can just design that in a way where you're going to be like okay so how would chris the perfect host that loves this place actually take care of these people and make sure that you know they got 
the table uh, that they got the table set up that all their different needs around the food or you know that all of that is prepared and, and set up and that they go to the restaurant the next day with great confidence and that they look forward to it because they've had such a nice interaction with Chris already. And I think that's, you know, that's where that persona comes in of, and, you know, figuring out how would Chris actually handle that. Um, and then, you, you you know, you can write that conversation and design that, but then there's the technicalities of, of you know, conversations can go in very many different ways. So how do you take control of it and how do you take people by the hands and, and helping them, you know, go through that entire process. That's what conversation design is then. Where, where people don't feel like they're like, I guess it's kind of like with, uh, if you go to Ikea, where like the, the path is set, is laid out for you. You can take detours, but you're always coming back to that main path that's been designed in a way for you to get to where you need to be in a way. Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I love that. Well, let me let me grab onto that because in, in Ikea, yeah, you can take detours, but you're never going to escape until you pay. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, like, like, what's your, um, is there a best practice on when to allow the, the, the human customer brain to, to disengage with the machine brain and get handed off to a, a real human? Because at, at certain point, there, there must be a break point that, that it's just not yeah. working. Um, uh, how can you, uh, uh, well, like, I guess, what's your advice to, to comfort business owners that might be considering this, that um, no their their customers aren't going to be caught in machine brain hell um yeah. you know that that, that 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 you know in case of emergency they there is a lifeline to, to talk to a human and, and and they'll get helped out like how do you merge the machine brain and the in the human brain yeah handoff there fair question so what you'll see is the pareto principle is like you're going to see that 80 percent of your customers are going to go through 20 percent of the conversational path like most people just want to or you know get a reservation in for a table it's it's that simple they'll know what time they'll be there or you tell them what's available it's not very complex but then you're gonna have some people that you know maybe someone's in a wheelchair to have a nut allergy all of a sudden that it's an edge case like you know this the whole path that you laid out is not going to work for them so first you want to do is very very well understand for those 80 percent of the people like what the, the best conversation would be for them kind of that happy path and, and you design that properly but as soon as you realize that somebody does not fit in that category you just hand them off to an agent right or to a different channel depending on your opening hours if you don't have anyone available maybe you hand them off to a form on the website where they can just ask their question in a proper way or maybe what you want to do is when they call in and they're calling through from a cell phone you can actually text them via sms or, or whatsapp or whatever and all of a sudden you know they can ask their question there it becomes asynchronous and an agent can take over when they're available or you hand them over live to you know, whoever's working behind the bar and can pick up the phone. Um, so, yeah, so you just have an escalation to a different channel, which is often live, somebody picking up the phone, but it doesn't even necessarily have to be that because you can go from like synchronous automated to asynchronous automated to live. So you even have more fallbacks depending on what's important to you as an organization, as a brand. Uh, time of day might have something to do with that as well. Yeah, I like that. I guess it, it, you focus on the happy path, if you will, that, that, you know, that 20% of the questions that 80% of the people will need, and then in, ensure that it's designed in the conversation that they, that the edge cases can, can also find resolution one way or another. Um, 
and in any case, I think this is better than them calling and getting a voicemail and not having any idea when they will ever hear back or, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? So, so I, I guess that the, the consequences of not doing this um, are going to become more and more a risk for companies as well. Um, yeah, I mean, every time they call in, it is an opportunity to create something. Like, even if you, if the answer is no, you can still end it with them feeling good. I think that's like, a, and if you're not doing that, it's it's kind of like a missed opportunity. But if they if they call in, they're just getting a voicemail. It's the end of it. But if all of a sudden now there's a nice system picking them up, they might get a table for the next day or the week after. And all of a sudden you have a conversation and you're engaging with them, creating that experience. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes when I when, I don't know when you when you call somebody or talk to a company like like oh you know, do you have fish? No. But wouldn't it be great if like no, but three doors down. <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is fish like, wouldn't that be cool i don't know to, to actually be helpful i don't know but that, that would require yeah. some, some serious intention well um but it's always like what's the value that you can provide and sure like your preferred value is to sell a product but if if you're looking at lifetime value of the relationship with the customer then sometimes it might actually be better to send them three doors down mm. and you know and and you know be that partner for them so if you have that if chris the persona of the virtual agent would, would be that kind of person you know when, when people walk into the restaurant they'll be like hey do you have a table i'm sorry we're booked but actually three doors down there's this great place i often go there sometimes uh why don't you go that why don't you check that out and, and come see us next time that's what a host would do right so if that host is now an automated system on the phone what would they do you're, you're triggering me. Recently, I was with the Destiny Gauge team itself, and um, it was in a customer centricity workshop. And the concept of customer lifetime value came up, and the head of sales um, explicitly stated that customer lifetime value is not only the value we extract from customers, it, it is also, and maybe more importantly, the value that the customer gets from working with us over time. And I think that's a, that's a delightful hmm. dimension to look of, mm. of if and the interaction i love that point is the interaction should be value-based for the customer and if the customer is having a problem and if they're looking for fish um and if you're absolutely not in the fish business you've decided that you know we're, we're a steak place no fish um wouldn't it be nice to, you know again if that's your choice to say well well you know three doors down is an excellent you know fish place i don't know like yeah. um Starting to to loop around, there's there's a uh, uh, an aspect of what inspires your work at at CDI that you've shared with me, which is around bringing the humanity into these conversations and and imagining that we're and I'm talking about poetry. I think is is what we're talking about. And and um, you shared that with me a bit before we post record, and uh, I, I I found it wonderful meaning that the inspiration that if you're going to be working with these advanced systems like AI and whatnot, um, how to bring a sense of humanity, humanity into it. Can you share your vision on that? So, you know, may, maybe close with, mm. sure, this is how you bring conversational AI into it. This is how you craft the designs and this is how you do that. But, but beyond that, uh, what can be, you know, the inspirational intent to make it really meaningful and really human. Uh, um, yeah. Can you share your vision on that? Well, like, I think this, you know, 
AI, conversational AI, building a chatbot, it's often seen as an engineering problem. You bring in some developers and they deploy it and the system works from a functional perspective. And, you know, but there's people talking to this thing, right? And, and you know, we like to call them users, which I find like a very nasty word. Somebody said only drug dealers have users. Yet we, we a lot of businesses call their customers users, which I find very strange. So if you have, you know, a system, let's say I'm, a, I'm an enterprise. And I'm doing like a million conversations a day, maybe on the phone. And I'm automating that. That's like, and I talk about those million people as just users. It's It's very soulless, right? And I think if you want to have a real sustainable impact as an organization, you don't get away with that long-term. You need to uh, recognize people as people. You need to be mindful of that. And so if you just, you know, add more engineers to the project, you're just going to, you know, engineers are things people and you need to bring in people, people that truly care about that. And those are are creatives, they're artists, they're poets. And I don't mean in the sense of like, you know, writing poetry, all day, every day, but people that, you know, have a fondness of language and, and people that are curious, that care you know, about the complexity of, of the world um, and, and bring them into these rooms. And, uh, you know, if those thousands of people that we teach conversation design skills, they're not engineers. A lot of those people are, are writers and they're poets. And in our workflow, like what we try to do is, not just solve the use case, but we have an entire canvas and, and we kind of look at the conversation. What does that, what does this mean for someone? So somebody is not really looking to book a table. What they're looking for is a, is a meaningful evening on a date, or maybe, you know, they've been traveling for work and it's the only day in the week that they can connect with their children. These tables have a story. And so it's about respecting that. So we try to understand that through a canvas of like, what are people expecting? What motivates them? What are their anxieties? The anxiety is not that they don't have a table. Their anxiety is that they don't go to their kid's favorite place for the birthday. And, you know, that's what they want to give them. So we want to bring that into these experiences. And, and what we do then is sort of understand the perspective that people might have of, of what it means. And we role play these conversations a lot of time because to understand how a conversation should flow, the best way is to actually have that conversation and to role play it like improvisational theater and to look at it from the different perspectives and to craft that conversation in a way that it actually helps people achieve their goals, but also the deeper meaning behind those those goals, right? And you're not going to solve that with engineers because they're you know, nothing against them, but they're very focused on just getting the system to work. Um, but if you truly want to provide value and, and do something meaningful, you need to bring in people that, you know, care about that other part uh, that, you know, like I said, you don't, you will need to understand what people say, but people also need to feel understood and, and respected and uh, be recognized in their linguistic preferences. For example, like inclusivity is very important there as well. The, there's this example, I think it was in Germany where there was a chatbot for uh, refugees that could help them with, you know, some of the processes of applying for stuff. But the problem was if you didn't speak perfect German, it would just completely ignore you, right? It wouldn't understand you. So, and, and language is so important to people. Like we use it to talk and write, but also to think and define ourselves. So 
if you are not being recognized by a language technology, it's very painful. It's very hurtful. Uh, so we want to avoid that. And so we need to bring in people, the poets that that care about this and, and that understand that and understand the different layers to it and um, work hard to, to design that into these systems so that people don't get a chatbot that says, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But actually, you know, feel like someone's in there with you trying to make your life a little easier and provide a nice experience to you. Bring in the poets to work with the engineers, make it a human experience. <laughs> yeah. Give, give them a fair seat at the table. I think that's the uh, appeal to every policymaker, boardroom member, or just CEO. It doesn't even matter how big your company is. You have people around you that you know are poets. A lot of times they they work in they work in customer service, they work in knowledge management, they're writers. You know, a lot of a lot of people that are writing blogs actually wanted to write, you know, wanted to be a poet. Find those people in your organization, scale them up, and make them part of the conversational AI team. Hans Van Dam from Conversation Design Institute. Thank you so much. Uh, CDI provides training certifications and also some strategy support and delivery support. And you can find out more about them at conversationdesigninstitute.com. Uh, thank you, Hans. And of course, if you're looking for a solution to help you improve your customer experience with customer engagement, then check us out at destinyengage.com. Thanks so much, Hans. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Engage, the podcast for actionable insights and tactics to take customer engagement to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Destiny Engage, the customer engagement platform for growing businesses. For show notes, to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and to learn more about how you can transform customer engagement today, visit destinyengage.com.